Well, hello there. It is your pals, or, or maybe strangers, because we've never met. It's Rochelle and Carter. But we're family. Here with, well, if, if you are a brother <laughs> or sister believer in Christ, then yes, we are. Have you ever met family for the first time at like a reunion? Okay. Like a big reunion. Because mm-hmm. my family on my mom's side, there were 14 of them all together. Okay, right. It was she and her 13 siblings. Wow. And then my dad's family, there were just four of them all together. I'm saying all this to say whenever I've gotten to get together, there are people I could literally pass them on the street. I have no idea I'm related to them. There are so many hundreds and hundreds of them. I think a lot of us get there uh, with our families after a while, right? But I don't know. I think sometimes I I would, I, yeah, I, we could be family, but pals? Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes I've met people at reunions and go, no way. No, I'm we're, not. I'm not, related? I'm not going to claim you. <laughs> I loved my cousin Terry. I've told this story to you before, Carter. But you, my pal, who's listening, you've probably never heard. So Terry, who's with Jesus now, uh, he's he's a rather robust guy, and I'd never really met him before, and not that I was aware of anyway. And when I was giving him a hug, we were at a get together with family up in Indiana, and my hair was so long. That when I disengaged from the hug, I was still engaged in his embrace because my hair was stuck under his armpit. It was stuck under his that armpit. That was the most awkward yeah. family situation because I didn't know Terry real well at this point. Now, if I knew you, I'd be like, oh my gosh, man, let me go. I got to get going. Yeah. Brr, you know, be silly. Be silly. But no, I think it was like an embarrassment oh, excuse me. situation. Oh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm still, ooh, ooh. I just got to, and then I start pulling on it like it's a rope. Like I'm in a tug of war <laughs> with like all those jocks on the beach, you know, where they were pulling the rope. No, that was me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, no, it, it really wasn't. No, it is now. It is now. We enjoyed it. Um, um, all right. So <laughs> this is a podcast where we go over what we're going spiritually uh, in our lives. And, and we tell you random things. And we tell you random things sometimes because we're family. Uh, <laughs> Hopeondemand.com is where we're, we're based from. There are other podcasts or articles, including um, one that we just really enjoyed this week. Teaching your kids to pray mm-hmm. from a guy named Darren. He's the lead singer of a band called We Are Messengers. And man, just about displaying, not just like saying, hey, go pray yes. or hey, here's what prayer looks like, but demonstrating it by being willing to pray in front of our kids and for our kids, you know, with them yeah. and lead by example. And even leaving the door open so they can see you praying. And it's not yeah. about, hey, observe me. I'm amazing. Right, 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 right. But it's like, no, they need to know that that's what daddy's in here doing or mommy's in here praying right now so that they will feel compelled to go and pray. And I was thinking about that this morning, actually. You know, we read Psalm 23. It's one of the most popular of all the Psalms written by David, who was a shepherd. And it's from the perspective of a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And talking about us being a sheep and, you know, the green pastures. There have been people who have uh, intimate knowledge of what shepherding looks like and have like intricately gone over this one particular psalm about, oh, and they would have been in this area. And this is why they pour the oil on the lamb's head, because there were mites that would have gotten in there. And like all of these amazing explanations. And you're like, whoa, insight into this amazing time with David. But how did David in the first place know to go away and pray and have that alone time? How did he know that, hey, being at work also means I can still be in relationship with the Lord here? That had to be be modeled in some way, whether it was a close relative, maybe his father, Jesse, maybe a brother, maybe just an authority figure. Right. Um, but the, yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting thought. And uh, I, I certainly want my kids to be able to look back and never question, oh, I don't know why I started praying. No, because 
my mom and my dad started doing this, dot, dot, That's dot. exactly right. And again, that video is right there uh, at HopeOnDemand.com. Darren Mulligan is his name, teaching your kids to pray. Did you know that a lot of people were jealous of David's dad because of David's mom? Did you know this? Man, I didn't know. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, so basically, there's a song about it. Okay, can you tell me any of the last few things that I said yes. while you were so busy over there looking that up on YouTube. Demonstrating okay, for stop. your kids. You okay. see, you know, David was a shepherd. And there's a lot of people that have gone over That's and combed enough. the okay. area. Okay. I can do two things at once sometimes. I, I'm very jealous of that, actually. I can't. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you're new, uh, you haven't heard that Rochelle's going over the Bible chronologically. So you are getting to that middle to maybe three-fourths of the way through the Old Testament. Yeah, it just finished up Jeremiah and Lamentation. Relatively short book going into Ezekiel this morning. Ezekiel's a good one. Ezekiel's very good, but I kind of want to, I want to land on Lamentations today. And the word lament, uh, what do you think it means? Because I I went ahead and I looked it up because it's always a really good idea. Hey, what does Webster say? Because we all have our own like additional observations to define stuff and perhaps we give it a baggage that Uh, maybe uh, in the culture it gives it. Well, I'll give you an example of just a word that we have. Okay. Demonstrative. I have oh. oh, I've heard multiple people use that as kind of a derogatory. Well, he's mm-hmm. very demonstrative, yeah. but it literally just means to demonstrate, I believe. Yeah, right. Yeah. Emotionally. Somehow charged to demonstrate. Yeah, but not it's, necessarily mad. Yeah. No, you'd be very dramatic. Yeah. 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 Very demonstrative. Yeah, I, exactly. I've always heard taken as neg- negative. So stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, this is a good idea. The root word demon. Uh, no. <laughs> Demonstrate. So. Um, now this is, so I would say cry, mourn. Yeah, those, it's great. Uh, mourn, the verb. Okay. For for lament, uh, a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Okay. Yeah. Is the noun for lament. And lamentations, is, it's a collection of lament. And it's uh it's an anonymous author, and we have five chapters in there, and it's another one of those um, uh, acrostics. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, it's where you have the Hebrew alphabet, and each verse starts with one of the letters in the alphabet. So for hmm. us, it would be A to Z with that's 26 letters. There's only 22 letters in this particular alphabet. And so the first two chapters... They give some semblance of order to something that just must have felt like chaos because it's all about the lamenting, the crying, the grieving and emotional processing of being exiled out of Jerusalem. Mm. And now we're in Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. And things have been seen and witnessed that are just so collectively horrifying that in many ways I feel I would have been speechless. But in the moments where they weren't, here are some poems that lament what is taking place. And so 22 verses in the first and second chapters. So they each follow a letter of the alphabet, starting with the, that that letter starts out each verse. And then there's the middle one, which literally gives you three verses a piece. It's 66 verses. Um, so three, did I say that right? Three verses per letter. Okay. And then the second to last one is again, going through the alphabet and then the last one is like all right i'm done i'm done being ordered this is just going to be chaos because this is where we are emotionally right now Hmm. but it always does have this amazing juxtaposition in scripture where 
when people are grieving, there is somewhere in there you can count on it, a recognition of God's, his honor, right, his faithfulness, his mercy, his justice. Because they understand um, whoever's writing is recognizing this is not because God's just willy-nilly with wrath. This is a justice situation where we reaped on our heads what we have done wrong as a people for a very long time. And there was also this belief system, um, especially in, in, um, in ancient, more ancient scripture we read, and we even see this in, in the healing uh, that Jesus does of the gentleman. And they're like, well, isn't this because of the sins of the father that he's experiencing this illness? And Jesus is like, no, you got it wrong. So I don't know how accurate this is, but there was so much belief that we are experiencing what we're experiencing because our ancestors have done this. No, like you currently have been given chances over and over and over again sure. to fix what you've done, which is like he has given, we've talked about Jeremiah in the last podcast, couple podcasts, talked about Isaiah. We talked about all these repentance opportunities where people basically just scoffed, I guess, at the thought of giving up everything. If you ever been presented with, give it all over to me. Well, I'll give you most of it. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you most of it. No, Jesus was like, I want all of it. And I want you to release things over to me. And in order for you to become a new creation, I want you to release these things to me. And mm-hmm. you are now a new creation in me because of what I did for you on the cross. God has always wanted us to release everything over to him and to follow him and to obey him. So he's given us ample opportunity. And we read throughout the scripture. And it's amazing how, again, it just repeats itself. Even today, after Jesus came to redeem us, we still deal with wanting to hold on to. And they were holding on to idolatry. They were holding on to, yeah, maybe it was the sins of their parents that helped lead them down this road. But it's not like God is not still giving you prophets coming along the way saying, change your ways. Yeah, we all, whatever we do wrong, we have a choice in. Yeah. we we Just because we were scarred and brought up a certain way doesn't mean that what we're doing is okay. It's a really good point, Carter. And I, I need to, I need to own that. I take responsibility because that's what grownups are supposed to do. Mm. And if I mature in the Lord, I'm able to acknowledge my, my failings and say, Lord, I've messed up. But scripture is so clear in my weakness he's made strong. It's not that he wasn't strong before. God's strong. He's God. But it's it's like once I finally grab hold of the fact that I have made mistakes, I humble myself, then I can recognize who I was never going to be at that level of perfection. Lord, mm-hmm. this is why I need you. Yeah. And this is why it makes grace so amazing and so awesome at the same time. And, and Jesus knew that. That's why he came for us to die for us. So in Lamentations, you know, we talked about a few podcasts ago in regards to a psalm where David in many ways was kind of lamenting. He was, um, we were talking about the pounding on the chest of God. Right. And we kind of went over that. I think there's a difference between leaving it there or and truly processing emotional and grief. Uh, that's, I said emotional and grief, emotion and grief, Mm -hmm. (laughs) those kinds of things in our lives, that there is room in our Bible for psalms, 
for Lamentations, an entire book where God has made it a point in his word presented to you and I in our Bible that it is okay to process emotion. Mm -hmm. Because when we deny that kind of stuff, well, therapists love it because that means we keep dishing out some money to get therapy. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm not against therapists at all. I think it's amazing. A good therapist is a blessing, a wonderful tool in the toolbox to have in life. That's for sure. But you think about it, how many times we brush the emotion under the rug. Sure. Sure. Here is a people they have been torn out of their culture, torn out of the civilization they knew. Those left behind are forced in the streets to eat each other. I mean, this is not a good set of circumstances for Mm. the Hebrew children. The people who were living it up one day that you see them the next day, they were wealthy. People looked to them and respected them in the community. And now they look like ragamuffins. Their skin is loose on their bones. It's their skin color has completely changed because they're so malnourished. These are the people that we're talking about in the book of Lamentations. These folks are crying out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you think about the the job of a prophet like Jeremiah uh, and known as the weeping prophet, we were talking earlier today, Carter and myself about to know um, true grief and what weeping looks like you have to know what joy looks like and happiness as well. Sure. So I can't imagine that it was all bad times because Jeremiah still had tears to cry. And if you were cried out, which we've been there, we are dried out because we've cried so much. It never says that he stopped crying. I don't I don't remember reading that. Um, so that must have meant that he knew moments of reprieve, uh, of filling back up again in the Lord. You don't really read about those moments because these are the collections of his uh, prophecy, uh, what he shared that God told him to share. Right. Um. But you know, it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thought, isn't it? It's like okay, when we are brought to those moments of pain, how do we how do we grab hold of joy in the midst of that? I think one of the treasures that we have available is past memories, to remember what we had. And what God wants to continue to give us, because what is in the middle of the book of Jeremiah 29, 11 is the promise for a future and a hope so that I can look forward to those moments because I remember what I had. So in this moment of grief and pain, Lord, I can trust you. I trusted you in the past and look at what you did and you brought me through. There's my Ebenezer stone mm-hmm. to use a really biblical term. Um, they would they would put up these stones to remember, to reflect, look at what God brought us through. So so a symbol for me to remember so that I can anticipate what God may have ahead of me, even in the midst of pain right now. Lamentations also has kind of that, an offering like that too, right in the middle of this book is one of the most quoted scripture. It's, it's in the third chapter and it's around 22, 23 and 24. You know that his mercies are new every morning. That is where this passage comes from. Mm -hmm. And it talks about the faithfulness of God in the midst of a cry session, we get this recognition of a faithful God who I can trust with my tomorrow. In fact, every morning his mercies are new. Well, how is that known? Because they're reflecting maybe on a past or even present moment. It might have been just a glimpse of a moment, um, but enough for them to taste and remember and see that the Lord is still good. 
regardless. Yeah. I think that part's important. Um, the mercies are new that, yeah, an incredible, I haven't gone over Lamentations maybe fully ever and certainly not in a long time. But, you know, with what we were talking about of, yeah, it is so important to bring your emotion to God, mm-hmm. bring your pain, but that recognition like they have, God's still in charge, Yeah, you know? And so telling where we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the line to not cross is telling God he got it wrong. You know, God, <laughs> right. I'm single and I'm such and such years age. This is an oversight. Yeah. You, this, you've done me wrong. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's where you don't want to go. Cause even these people, my gosh, they were eating each other. Some of them. And you have, at least the person who wrote this, the perspective of, but your mercies are new every day. Here's yeah. what I'm going through. God, hear my pain, hear my cry. Yeah. But I recognize that you're still in charge. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to land there either when you're at the end of the book, because they don't, they land in a question mark and it's not, um, it's not necessarily a questioning of God and, and whether he's just because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they've clarified that he is a just God. Right. Right. They are getting um, much deserved reward through what is happening because it has been just a ridiculous amount of trying to help you out. Like Jeremiah come along, Isaiah come along. It's again, the joke that we made last week with the helicopter and the boat coming by and trying to save you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and get to heaven. Why didn't you save me? I sent you a boat and a helicopter. What else do you want? So the, at the end of the book of Lamentations, it's kind of left up in the air. Um, you are a good God. We love you. You're amazing. Um, we're still in exile and, and basically questioning what, what, what will you help us? <laughs> sure. Sure. And that's it. Yeah. It kind of lands there and it shows you that even knowing truth and recognition of, of struggle and emotion that you could still have questions as a follower of the Lord. That's where people, so many of them were left. And these folks who authored our scripture, God's word had question marks, but it is really awesome and beautiful. Help me always land um, Lord. Even if I do have question marks on your promises and maybe the middle of the books are the ones that we like to focus on. We love to focus on Lamentations 3 about his mercies. New every morning, we love to land on Jeremiah 29, 11. He, there's a future that he, he's promised us to prosper us, you know? That's my um, favorite verse about a karate tournament. It's my favorite. <laughs> what? What? Uh, people just use that for, you know, events that means, you know, I might win this yeah. game. And... The most cross-stitched on a pillow yes. verse ever. <laughs> yes. Jeremiah 29, Yes, indeed. Uh, but we like to land there. Why? Because it's filled with hope right in the middle of the Bible. And I say right in the middle, but it, clearly the Old Testament is a little bit longer. Thirty nine books and New Testament was twenty seven. That was one of the first things my parents had me memorize was how many the books. number of books. Is right. <laughs> Just yeah. for funsies. <laughs> but anyway, right there in the middle, who stands in the middle to give us our future and our hope is Jesus Christ. He's what separates the Old Testament from the new. He brings the new covenant along with him. It's this amazing thing. We like to go to the middle. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I, I always come back to Christ. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so there is implications certainly in scripture to move ahead because right there, the runner, the mark, see before you, the finish line, you know, uh, run the race to win. But um, I like the concept of like the child who walks away from the parent taking their first steps, runs back into their arms because they want to celebrate. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with returning to the Lord every single time or going to the middle, you know, 
Um, but yeah, that that's an incredibly, there's such strong emotion in some of these books. And we get away from that because we're concerned that maybe if we get too emotional, it might detract from truth. And certainly that could be true. Yes, I can be so distracted by my own drama, my own diva status, that I fail to recognize what is true. Mm-hmm. But God created it. So, Lord, would you help me embrace the the right and proper amount of emotion? Would you help me embrace my grieving process? Would you help me process with you so that I'm always honoring you, but I'm also honoring the way you created me so that I don't yeah. bury stuff, but that I, I heal properly? Right. So there's Lamentations. Well, speaking of emotion, you have maybe, uh, maybe heard me talk about the ex-evangelical movement. Yeah, you're kind of on a kick. Deconstruction. It's all over TikTok and basically, uh, and all social media, really. Uh, people that have walked away from faith, and it can certainly be a spectrum where maybe they still believe in God and Jesus is the only way, but they don't like how the evangelical church in America works. Can I ask you, because I know Carter on the side, we, we have so many conversations about his friends who may or may not believe in, in Christ the way we do. Um, and I know that you have a heart for these particular folk. Would you say that that heart for them, that compassion-driven uh, motivation, I guess is the right word, does that override the defensiveness that most of us who follow Christ feel in these moments? Because they're, oh, man, I want to go, what are you talking about? You know, I get real defensive. Do you think there's a healthy balance there? <laughs> Should there be a balance at all? Is it healthy to have a balance of that? Should it always be compassion-driven? Do you know what I'm talking about? All right, so break it down for me. Mm-hmm. There is a group of people uh, that is a offshoot of Christianity that is not biblical that you're referring to of my, hopefully, you know, checking my heart constantly of compassion to preach the message of uh, the true message of Christ to that particular group. So what's the question? Does that lend that same heart of compassion for people who clearly um, are walked away? Are in need of of knowing the Lord regardless of their faith. Yeah. And even walking away, does it override? Because I know that you're, you're, maybe I haven't said it right. You have a heart for people who need to know Jesus. And as we all should who follow Christ, specifically lately, you've been having conversations with people of a different faith. Sure. Right. To love on them well. But, and but you, now compared to people that are... Have walked away from have, their faith. Yeah. Does that same compassion drive you to, to um, respond to these folks on social media? No, not as... I'll be honest with you. Not as much. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Um, I appreciate your honesty. I feel that people that have brought, been brought up in a certain uh, religion, whatever it might be, you know, let's say I met somebody that's a, a Hindu or a Buddhist or whatever. I have sincere compassion because I believe the teachings are false and this is just what they've grown up with or come to understand is true. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking about the person that comes along these messages and and just believes them. And I and it, that stinks. Um, it they've been duped in, mm-hmm. in, so to speak. Right. And so that's where my compassion comes from, that they need to know the truth about heaven. Whereas people that at least say, I, I, you know, it's an account on social media, who knows what's even true, but at least what they say is they grew up in church and they believed, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you never truly believed. 
I tend to think that sometimes too. Uh, but I truly believed, and now I'm truly walked away, and and my whole account is based on disproving Christianity. Mm -hmm. I don't have as much compassion, and where my compassion lies is with people that might see that. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. Okay. I don't like that any just innocent, I mean, innocent, you know, we're all guilty, you know, according to God, but any person that is just trying to make up their mind, trying to seek what is true truth. And then they stumble upon this Yahoo's account yeah. that is so bitter and so vindictive. And so at least some of the ones that I've seen, again, it's a spectrum. So people that have walked away from Christianity and consider themselves an ex-evangelical, they just might not like the way that mega churches work. Yeah. We spent $12,000 on a, Big screen, we spent, you know, some of them are just like that. And and I <laughs> I understand to some degree. Um, and so they chose, no, I'm going to do home church and I'm going to do God and Jesus only and everybody's welcome. I'm going to have compassion. It's like, okay, I don't really have, I have compassion for you. I, I think that's a difficult decision. But for people that use emotion to say, well, I was hurt by the church. Mm -hmm. I worked there and I got burned. And I've, hey, I've seen real church hurt. I, I may have shared this. I My youth minister back in the day, got run off because they didn't like just the way he did things. Mm -hmm. He was super great, but he didn't, just full disclosure, he liked more traditional sports like football and basketball. And there were some students that wanted to go camping. And he's like, I don't do campouts. <laughs> no. Should he have changed? Probably. Should the leaders have run him off? my gosh, you know, he's just like, yes, real things happen in churches. It's not all sugar-coated. Like there's some things that are hurtful. Um, but to use that to then say, well, Christianity must not be true mm -hmm. is ridiculous. It's, it does make you wonder, like you were talking about earlier, uh, well, did they ever truly believe? I wonder that for some. Because maybe that question coming out of if you are basing what you believe only off of the fruit of the the folks around you. True. That's the caution. And that's the caution for all of us, even those deep followers and deep believers of Christ, because yeah. your faith will get rocked. It really will. You're right. If you have a mentor in your life that you have um, like fought the quote demons beside, like you've read the Bible with them, you've prayed and you've really grown in, in your walk with the Lord with this particular person and the, only to discover, and we've seen this in the news with some top-rated... Ravi Zacharias. And you're like, wait, wait was everything just a, a lie? What, what happened? And yeah. so then your faith gets rocked. I understand where that might come from. So that, you know, I look at my own life and I'm like, Lord, those people that I may have inadvertently, because I don't think anybody sets out to put people on pedestals to make idols out of mentors or True. whatever. True. But if I've done that, Lord Jesus, help me always come back to you. Help me always come back to you. I always want you to be number one in my life. And I want it to, to really stand for something when I say that, that he is, without a doubt, no matter what happens around me, going to be the, the, no matter what the circumstances, it may not even be a person. Perhaps it was an illness that came alongside you and you were taught, hey, if I pray like this or mm. do that, mm. This illness will be taken. And so now all of a sudden the emotion has taken the, the driver's seat of my life and I'm allowing my emotion to rule out what I have known to be true. I, I have seen the why I do have compassion for for certain people. And I think you'd have more compassion the more you hear somebody out. 
a TikTok 60 seconds long. It's hard right? to get with social media. You're right. Especially You're when right. they're so bitter and every video is about it. Um, but you need um, to stop watching those cards. Well, hey, I would get so mad if I did. I'm telling you, <laughs> some are incredible. Some will surprise you. Some will say I was an atheist and blah, blah, blah. And then they reveal they're a Christian. You know, so you never know what you're going to get. Right. Um, but there is a, a certain denominations even. I'll even say I think there's certain offshoots that have messed people up. Mm. But I mean, certain we're standing. We all believe that you know, these denominations believe that Jesus is who he said he was. Yeah. Christ is the only way we agree on the essentials. And I think there are some denominations that do so much in terms of adding to the non-essentials. Still a Christian denomination, but just some extra man-made. It may even be more of a denomination, maybe individual churches that Mm go, you're not as good of a Christian or a Christian at all if you don't do this, this, or this. This is just what these people are presenting online. I'm messed up because of that. Mm. I had to go to therapy because of that. That there's no true biblical basis for the rules. And there's so, and there, I think that's true. There are some rules out there there's no biblical basis for. Absolutely. Depending on the church you're at. I think you even shared um, about the guy who came in uh, in the midst of this this younger person setting. This one kid was just visiting. Oh, yeah. This is my story. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he was wearing a baseball cap. And the rule of the church in, to show respect, and, and, and I understand. Well, unwritten rule. <laughs> the, un, the elders of the church, it has certain, hey, this is the way we dress when we go into church. And I remember growing up in a very traditional sense. Guys wore the suits. Girls wore the nice Easter dresses on Easter Sunday. You know, we had our, this is the culture. Sure. You wear your Sunday best if you met the president of the United States when you wear your best kind of a thing. Right. So this kid comes and he visits church for the first time. And you said this guy who just. Hey, you're in my church, my house, my rules. Well, he said, he said, you're in God's house. You know better than that. Take mm. your hat off. And of course, this kid didn't know better than that. He quote didn't unquote. know better than that. And and I think as a church, we should be better than that and to to say it like like anybody should know. That kid, of course, probably. Like, I didn't see him again. Among the many people who are saying, yeah, I tried church. Very possible. So, you know, even talking about this now, I'm I'm more compassion's coming up. Well, right? yeah, you've got good intentions sometimes. And I'm talking to myself like I grew up in a traditional type setting. And when sometimes something will happen, I'm like, whoa, that's a little different. Lord, would you give me an open heart right now? Not in an open mind. I think we talk about having an open mind too much, like an open heart right now to your spirit. Yeah. And I want to sense what you're sensing. Yeah. And so help me see through your eyes right now, these people, anybody around me that may check or not check boxes. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, yeah, because I think we are all guilty in some capacity of accidentally shaming somebody. Everybody, everybody <laughs> is, you know, I, I heard a story the other day, not nothing to do with church, but I heard a story the other day. <laughs> she said, um, I, uh, our mutual friend walked in. I was with a group of friends. One of our friends came to join us late and she was wearing a tear, just an ugly outfit. And so I text the girl next to me. I'm like, check out what Christina's wearing. Ugh. And Christina looks up at me and goes, why'd you text me? I'm right here. <sighs> Don't read that. So we've all been, we've all said the snide comment, but I think in terms of, you know, belief, Okay, what is scriptural yeah. and what do we want? To, I, I don't want to say yeah. scare people off. I mean, I do in some way, but if we hold to what's biblical, mm-hmm. then at the end of the day, if they disagree with it and want to leave, then it is what it is. Think about your own household and your absolute rules in your house for your family. 
And your kids can argue with you until they're blue in the face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But these are the rules laid out there. It is what it is. It is what it is. Now, there are some rules that they'll come to you and say, hey, mom, dad, I kind of feel this way about this. And you know that that particular rule, that is not like, it's kind of like the absolutes of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. There's yeah. no beans about that Just rule. Just wondering if maybe I could kind of kill. No. Okay. You can't kill. <laughs> okay. You know, so if there was another rule, it's like, you know, I was thinking about this. What do you think? Oh, let's come up with a silly one. I know that you've always had this rug in the house. Mm-hmm. What do you think about switching it to this kind of a rug? That's a really what silly. What kind of kid is asking this question? It's the worst yeah. example is this, ever. Is this, is this young Martha Stewart? <laughs> Who is asking this question? <laughs> the point being, you know what I'm talking about, the yeah. lesser rules, right, the right. secondary line. Those are the ones that I'm talking to. We, it's not written in scripture anywhere. It's something that you and your husband are like, this is what we've chosen. Yeah. Yeah. And let yes, let, we're willing to adjust. Okay, we can have goes. ice cream on Friday night. But sometimes, somewhere along the line, let's pretend those particular rules get passed on to our children and they think that they are the number one line of rules. These are the top Ten Commandments. And I think that's kind of where sometimes yeah. we get in real gray areas with our... Thou shalt not replace rug. Yeah. And we th- yeah, it's a really good way to say it. That, that's, yeah. We'll see now the analogy. The Martha Stewart. Now you're not laughing. (laughs) But that's that's the deal. It's like we have allowed what we have observed as we can be flexible here. This is not absolute. And now we're kind of we're looking at. No, this was traditional. And because it was traditional, it is absolute. It's Mm. now become a, quote, sacred cow. This is a really good reminder for us. As much as I was you know, talking about those accounts and how. Uh, those people will do those videos. And I'm thinking about the people that might see those, especially yeah. young minds. Uh, this is a good reminder for us to check in at, at even individually mm. um, how we display yeah. compassion, really. Because, Carter, I mean, we can't change the way people are going to feel, but we can change if we need to look in the mirror and say, well, how can I adjust yeah. to maybe yeah. help out those folks who might be watching the videos of others? See, my combative, defensive video that I want to post after seeing that person you know, defile what it is that I believe. That's what I want to do. I want to I want to post my defensive video. But is that going to sway anybody who might be watching? I don't think so. I think I think um, what Scripture says is true. They will know that you follow me by your love, by loving others while serving those, even those who are quite frankly being jerks on social media. It's like, how, well, how can I serve them? Probably not by posting my snarky video that I so desperately well, want to. And and snarky, I think, is the key word, right? Because where I find, and I have posted certain videos, uh, I'll give you an example. Give me an example. One guy said, and he had quite a few views, one guy said, um, you can be, did you know? He was ex-evangelical, deconstruction type of, I don't know exactly where he's at. Mm-hmm. Did you know that you can be a Christian and believe in this political party? Did you know that you can be a Christian and vote this way on this certain issue or feel this way on this certain issue? And I'm sitting here going, okay, I mean, you know, okay. I mean, yeah. people think, okay, it's certain things. Did you know that you can be a Christian and not believe Jesus is the only way? Oh. And that's where I drew the line. I, I, it's just simply false information. So I did a video. You can kind of, they call it stitching. And so you can use, you know, a clip of him. And I added my commentary. 
No. <laughs> I just said, this is just simply false it's information. Fa- Even a Muslim individual would say that's false because they know what defines Christianity. It's those who believe in Jesus Christ and him crucified. That, I mean, that you wouldn't, what would a good Muslim come on and say, did you know you could be Muslim, but not believe that Muhammad was a prophet and, but- and it was the. Here's society, right? Here's here's society where it's going. Of they just don't. Let, it's this. There's a huge canyon. Nobody can get across it. But there's only one bridge, mm. and people just want to insist that there's many bridges. Guys, uh, you know, you're not loving. You're saying Jesus is the only way. No, 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 no. It, in another analogy, it's like saying. Hey, they're really in a hurry and they seem nice and I don't want to bug them, but the bridge is out ahead. I better not tell them. No, the bridge is out ahead. You better tell them. So to tell somebody that thinks certain ways about certain lifestyles or certain beliefs, it's the most in a compassionate way. Yes. It is the most loving thing that you can do to tell somebody the truth, to say there is this canyon and there's only one bridge across it. I don't want that bridge. I'm just telling you, there's only one bridge across it. You made me think about um, the message I heard on Sunday mm-hmm. about the uh, the field posts are called the uprights in football, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's a great analogy. Okay, yeah. so one of the posts stands for truth, and uprights, the other one yeah. so- stands for love. In Ephesians chapter four, it talks about telling truth in love. You can't really do one without the other, though. For uh, it, the football has to go between those posts yeah. in order for it to count, right? right? So, for, in order for what you're saying message-wise to count in terms of what other people are going to hear from you or to count with what God is saying. Sure. <laughs> he directs us to speak truth in love. So you have to have truth and you have to have love. You can't just be, uh, oh, I'm going to love, 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 and then somehow erase truth from that equation. You can't have love without truth. Right. And if you want truth to land with people, you cannot share truth like a hammer pounding people over the head. You have to share truth in love. You have to have both of them together. And I thought that was so good because I don't want to ever be the person that hammers people upside the head with the truth without sharing it in a way that somehow doesn't sympathize or share compassion. However, I do not want to substitute my sympathy with false teaching. And that's where society is. Yes. That second it's, part it's of that. It's kind of a sad situation. And when you see some first, certainly, you know, people picketing at at, uh, at events to, to be mean. I mean, you see both, I guess. But the trend, especially to see with younger people, yeah. is just foregoing the truth because we want to be good friends, because we want to be good family members. You can't and do that. You can't. You look at the, uh, what did we talk about with Jeremiah and the false prophets? They yeah. told everybody what they wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And it was not true. And unfortunately, it was too late. And they were, I mean, a lot of them were slaughtered or taken off as prisoners, those false teachers. And they were telling everybody what they wanted to hear. And so... I love you is God's message. I love you. Yeah. But this is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the, I, that's it. So, <laughs> And yeah. that's that. Um, I do, I guess I want to, I want to share this. I had a small clip because it just, things like this that are misnomers. And I've really um, understood more about the Bible, but then also the history of the Bible. And just since there are so many people that believe these misnomers, mm. you can just have an answer ready and just go, actually, you know, let me give you an example. Okay. 
Joe Rogan has the most popular podcast of Fear all podcasts. Fear Factor Guy. Fear Factor Guy, uh, UFC. He was in the- uh, News Radio. News Radio. Yeah, he's in, yeah. I really like him. I, he's okay. vulgar. I'm just going to tell you, I, I just like the way he just says it like it is, though. He's very blunt. Unfortunately, he's mistaken here. And this pastor actually posted this clip of, of Joe Rogan in how we have the Bible current day because okay. it, it, was, it was spoken in Aramaic from Jesus, written in Greek, at least, you know, the New Testament. And then the misnomer of what you're about to hear from Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's, and the translations apparently are so difficult to do. Yeah. The, apparently, the, especially Old Testament, when they translated the Old Testament, they had to translate it. I mean, think of all the different languages it had to go through. It was sure. Latin and Greek and German and English and all these different <laughs> languages. So They're so different. All right. Now like, add time. Ugh. Add thousands of years and scrolls and, and like, kings who wanted things changed. Yeah, the King James version. What? Right. Who? The, and so the pastor goes on to to share why the misnomer, which I'll just summarize. You can't end there, Carter. I want to say all sorts of things. Well, no, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna talk. I'm He's just so saying. Wrong. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know why? <laughs> because we have the well the copies of manuscripts from before Christ. From the first century, we still have those. But and the, you're right. the misnomer is yeah. that, okay, well, we lost the Greek ones or we threw them away because now it's in Latin. And then we threw away the Latin ones because nobody speaks Latin anymore. So now they're in German. All right. Now, no, well, they're still German, but now we've translated English and that it has changed over time. Mm -hmm. But we have the original copies still. Mm -hmm. So all you would have to do is learn Greek and see exactly what was written. Yeah. I, I don't think we have to expound on that anymore. It, it is very understandable why people land there and as you were to your point earlier you said when you are are looking to share your faith with others you recognize that you're trying to come up with an outline that will support your faith in conversation with other people and so when you what you're seeing on social media is somebody else doing the exact same thing against what it is that you believe, mm -hmm. trying mm -hmm. to come up with an outline of things that support. You have gone very deep in trying to connect with this other faith group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are trying to understand what it is that they believe. You've read what it is that they believe. So there is a, a pretty knowledge. You have a hefty knowledge of what you're talking about when you're talking about with people. Most of the people, I think when they come out as on these ex evangelical type platforms, mm -hmm. there's not a super deep knowledge. It there's doesn't seem that surface. way. Well, clearly what Joe just shared, and I would tell him, look, amazing that, I mean, especially because I think his, his podcast, the scope of it is a wide range. So kudos to him for, you know, touching the surface, but that's what it is. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. touching on a surface level. And if you truly want real answers with people who really know what they're talking about, I saw the guy who he's talking to. He looks like he's dressed like a mop. I'm not making I don't up. Know I don't know if it was Halloween or what for the that day. was. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, But the guy, I mean, we can all have opinions, but are they grounded in in truth and, and fact? I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. We work for a radio station as well uh, where we live. And um, the, any radio station, not necessarily ours, any radio station, people will say, you only play the same five songs over and over. Well... That's an emotional That's reaction. Yeah. It's an emotional opinion because every time you get in the car, it seems like it's a perception. It's a perception. You could look at what we call the logs, the list of songs that have played in order. And we can tell you day and time. And it's just factually not true. 
that the same five songs are playing over and over. You see, there's facts, and then there's, like you said, surface-level opinions. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important for us in faith to have some sort of knowledge. What are the misnomers out there? Sure. Oh, the misnomers that Christianity was a copied religion because there was a, a an ancient Egyptian one that was older. and uh, No, actually, that's false when you look mm. into it. The struggle uh, against perception is so real yeah. because it has been, Christ has been misrepresented from the very beginning. Yeah. I, and I think even his own followers were wanting something different from him than what he was bringing. Some left they, because they thought. You're supposed to be the one taking over Rome mm-hmm. right now. And he was, as we've, we've shared over and over again, we'll tell you that right now. He, he came to bring his sword in a different way. And it was to put the enemy of all time, the enemy of mankind, who rules over death yeah. under his foot. So that he conquered death through his his death on the cross and his resurrection and for us to rise into new life. And we have misrepresented even myself. I have misrepresented Christ because I'm so right that I'm wrong about something, you know, Mm. and I'll go back to scripture. I'm like, Oh wow. I am supposed to humble myself in this moment. Even if it doesn't align with this, this and this Lord, what would you have me learn? I I could go down a, a million rabbit rabbit holes with all of this to say, it's true that there have been misrepresentations about Jesus that have led folks down their own rabbit trail in regards to religion. True. true. And we can only say it so many times. It is about a relationship with Jesus Christ where his spirit reveals on a one-on-one basis. Yeah. It's only until you have that personal encounter with him that it truly does become everything that it needs to become it becomes real it doesn't matter what anybody else says to you right it cannot sway you in your foundation in your faith because it is it's not i think it's i know mm. thank you for your time this has been a great conversation and um you know, check out hopeondemand.com if you feel like it we'd love a five-star review and a comment just a little shout out of where you're from where you're listening from what you're doing uh we'll give you a shout out so thank you thank you thank you and we will see you next week 